up, everybody? It's Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You listen to the Pace Rules Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pace Rules on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pace Rules Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. Fresh off another draft, another lottery pick, Jarris Walker, the eighth pick in the draft with the Pacers moving down one spot from seven to eight and collecting two second-round picks along the way. Also made a trade with Denver that netted them a first-round pick in next year's draft. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Ben Shepard. We'll talk about the second-round picks. We'll talk about Oscar Chibwe uh, on a two-way contract as well. So the Pacers making moves, preparing for Summer League, preparing for free agency, a bumper show, uh, and Justin, I'll start with you. You were covering uh, the draft for your employer that night. Did everything go as you expected it to for Indiana? Well, I, I thought this whole draft, we the Pacers were going to select Jarris Walker, so um, nothing to do with my job or anything like that, but I had a bit of money on Jarris Walker to be pick number seven, so... Pretty confident that was going to win, yep. but little do I know they're going to trade back one and then pick him. <laughs> so it was a losing bet. I can't believe it. It's one of the world's worst beats, I reckon, Adam. I I still, Alex, don't really understand what the hell the Wizards were doing. Like, did Kevin Pritchard call them and say, <laughs> we're going to select Bilal unless you give me two second-round picks? And they're like, oh, we better give him two second-round picks. Like, it didn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make sense in the cap. He, he's going to make more money. Um, you know, we still got our guy at eight. It, there just didn't seem to be one good reason why we did, like why Washington did that trade, why that had to happen. It's a bit of a real estate situation, I think, when they're with the blokes telling you he's got seven other offers for this pick or this house. So <laughs> I will say, though, I don't know how true this is, but the reports were that Utah and maybe the Thunder both really liked him. So, yeah. Look, I don't know. It, they to me, I don't think the Pacers would have traded back to twelve. They might have traded back with Utah at nine, but yeah. Look, uh, two free uh, second round picks for for still getting your guy, Kevin Pritchard. That's a home run for him. So yeah, no brainer. Well, they clearly value Jarris Walker over Taylor Hendricks because obviously Utah picked Hendricks at nine. And Justin, it, it seems like regardless, they were all in for a power forward. They were all in for a guy that they believe can start for them. And it was down to Walker and Hendricks. And they chose Walker because of his length, his defensive capability, his you know potential. Um, can't really shoot it to the degree that, uh, that you need to in the modern NBA. But I guess when you've got a center like Miles Turner that can stretch the floor, doesn't matter quite so much. Um, but... What are your thoughts on Jarris Walker as the draft pick for the Pacers? Yeah, I watched a bit of film for all the projected plays that were meant to go to Indiana. You know, you can with Moore's, Taylor Hendricks, Jarris Walker's, and even your Anthony Blacks and players like that, Grady Dick. So Jarris Walker was, was my favourite. I thought out of all the players, we had a realistic shot at drafting. He was my favourite that I watched. Um, and the close second was Taylor Hendricks. So... If yep. they had, I, I thought when the Pacers were on the clock, I said this is a win-win for Indiana. They have the pick, they have the option to pick who they want to, and then obviously when they picked uh, Bilal, I was like, wow, I did not see that coming at all. Yep. I was shocked. Uh, I didn't really know what was going on, and then a minute later, you see the tweet saying they're trading it. So uh, for that minute, I was really confused, and I thought maybe they had a trade uh, set up with a veteran wing within that minute, but. Uh, yeah, Jarris Walker seems the best fit. 
I really like his introductionary uh, press conference, the way he talks. I love how he, you know, takes Rick Carlisle after or before the press conference asking, hey, like, can I work out after this? Like, I love that. That's what you want. And, you know, you need guys that are kind of addicted to the game to the point where they, they just stay in the gym as much as possible. And it sounds like just like Benedict Matherin last season, Jarris Walker really endeared himself to the Pacers staff by his work ethic and his his desire to learn, his desire to get better, his desire to keep working. Um, and impressive interview by the sideline guys, our friends Jeremiah Johnson and Pat Boylan as well with uh, Jarris and Ben Shepard, who we'll talk about in a minute. So they seem to, we spoke about it last week, that they value character. They want high character guys. They want guys that are going to work really hard. It helps that Jarris has a lot of potential. So Alex, it, it, this seems like the logical pick for Indiana. And it seems like a guy who could be paired with Matherin and Nemhard and Halliburton for the next five, six, seven, eight years. Yeah, well, I feel like we should have known it was Jarris. The second I saw him do the uh, the workout interview without a shirt on, I was like, yeah, he's a pacer. He's seen Matherin do it. Matherin doesn't work out with shirts ever, apparently. Yep. So we should have known. But just for, from a basketball standpoint, touching on what Justin said as well, you, you know, you or what you guys both said, you watch those interviews and just the personality right away stands stands out to me. Like he's still super young, 19. Uh, but, you know, he's pretty mature and him and Ben Shepard, if you guys haven't seen that interview with the sideline guys, go watch it. They've both got great personalities. Ben Shepard has never stopped smiling since he got drafted by the yep. Pacers. Like he's, uh, and apparently he won best smile in high school. So there you go. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, so I like both, both those picks were, were, I, I liked them at least. So, yeah. Before we get to to Ben, and I'm I'm excited to to talk about him because he's a you know a guy that as the paces were picking him, I I had to do some deep dive googling very suddenly. Um, <laughs> but as Cam Whitmore was falling, you know, through the late lottery, through the late teens, Chad Buchanan said in a radio interview that they tried to trade with I think picks 15 through 20 to try and get Cam Whitmore. And those sides or those teams were uh, pretty set on the guys that were going to pick at those picks. But was there any part of you guys that was disappointed that we missed out on a sliding Cam Whitmore, Justin? Well, I'm not too sure. It's hard for us to say on face value, you'd say yes, right? But we don't know the report these teams have got why, you know, he was favorite to go number five pick two days out to the draft and he got drafted pick 20. So you can't say these 15 teams that passed on him didn't have some sort of information. You know, there are reports he had very poor workouts. There's reports about his health with his knees. Um, but, you know, Chad Buchanan came out and said they did everything they could to try and trade down and get him at pick 10, and no one was really willing. So it, it is it is interesting. And I think, Adam, it's one of those things that we'll look back in two or three years and say, oh, wow, he's out of the league due to health. Every NBA team knew what they were doing. Or, wow, I can't believe 15 teams passed on him. Alex, what were your thoughts as he was falling? I mean, the the only thing that crossed my mind is that the Denver deal that we did the prior day, I kind of wish we'd held off and held on to 29 and 32 because it may have been easier to move up with a combination of 26, 29, 32. I don't know if they dangled the 20, 24 Oklahoma City pick swap that they had um but it, it 
seemingly they they got that 24 pick, but they had a couple of others they could have played with. So the only thing I I think uh, looking back on it is they, they may have had a better chance on the night if they'd had more picks that night. Yeah, that's true. But also we, we never know, right? Like maybe yeah. the Nuggets rescind that offer on draft day. Maybe they were only offering that before the draft. So yep. um, yeah, I, I also think that they did their due diligence. To me though, it reminded me of, your guy, MPJ, Michael Porter for yeah. draft night because he was a number one guy coming out yes. of high school. Then he did his back and there were all those reports. So he fell to 14. I thought it would be crazy for Whitmore to fall out of the lottery. And yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily love the situation he went to um, in Houston, but yeah, I, I think it's crazy that he fell that far. I mean, I'm able to keep him pretty honest. I think they're they're, they're at the start of a culture-changing exercise in Houston. So it will be interesting yeah. to see with so much youth and so much cap space, the types of characters they bring in to mentor these guys and get them to the next level. I'm, I'm going to be excited to watch Houston on League Pass next season. That's for sure. Cool, young, athletic team. Um, should be fun, especially with a good coach. But we'll move to, to Ben Shepard now, um, a senior out of Belmont. And... Not one that people had going that high, pick 26. And Justin, what was your reaction when the Pacers selected Ben Shepard? I've never heard of him. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, yep. He was on none of my boards and nothing. I, I never heard of him. I had to Google him like you did, Adam. And, you know, I heard, I think Alex is probably the best person to speak of this. I, I think you're pretty high on him. So that made me happy when you said, nah, that, that's a great pick. So, uh, yeah, watching some vision, he looks pretty good. He looks like a great shooter. Percentages are high, but um, yeah, I don't really know where he fits in with the whole, you know, Duarte and Buddy Hield and and all all that. I think it's going to be a logjam at that position. Alex, he seems like your traditional sort of three and D guard, right? Yeah, I think that's probably why I was so high on him. Six six guy that if you guys go through his shooting numbers, I think Tony East posted his shot chart on Twitter the other day and. It's all red everywhere. Like this guy just shoots a ridiculous clip from three. Uh, good mover and he's a good defender as well. So all things that the Pacers do need. I agree though that for me, this draft pick signaled like what we kind of already knew that Duarte is probably gone. I think he's the most likely guy. And then Buddy Heald being an expiring, he could be gone in 12 months as well. So yeah. I think the, the pick is more so saying, okay, this guy might not be a big part of the rotation right away even as a senior, but in one year, in two years, he could be your backup two, backup three. So, and also he's an awesome fit with Halliburton, which I guess everyone is. That's kind of a cheap answer, but yeah, I, I was pretty happy with the fit. A little insurance, you think, for uh, Buddy Hill? Yes. Yeah, I, I guess. Buddy's such an interesting one because I feel like we haven't talked about him a lot, but he has to come off the bench, right? I feel like I've seen a lot of talk about the starting lineups the last couple of days that the Pacers might roll out and I don't know. Do you guys agree? Like, I think Buddy Hield has to be your sixth man if he's still on the team. Totally agree. Totally. I mean, if not your sixth man, it depends. Like, if if you are starting Benedict and you're not getting a small forward on the free agent market, then you, you pretty much just have to start um, Buddy at the three, right? Like, that, the, mm. um, the, the lack of defense there is probably the glaring issue. But if you have Jarris and Miles there, then do you have enough defense in your front court to kind of counteract your back court a little bit? Um, I don't know. But 
I just think the spacing that Buddy provides and, you know, he's he's developed into a far better passer than he was in Sacramento as well. So, you know, he finds open teammates. He's really consistent. So I, I, I think you've got to find a way to play him as much as possible, Justin. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think Buddy's got to come off the bench and I think that's the decision if he's going to be back with the Pacers or not. If, if, if he's happy with that six-man role, I can't see us... I can't see Mathurin being happy being a six-man again. No. And so you can't pa- make him a six-man. You can't make him a yeah, six-man. He has to start. Yeah, he, he's paid his dues. He's, he's done that rookie kind of hazing a bit where I feel like the Pacers, I said this last year on the podcast, where I think they're all kind of um, trending Mathurin into that Paul George rookie season where it's like, now we're going to bring you off the bench, take things slow. We don't want you, you know, getting abused by other starters in the league. We want you to learn the ropes of the NBA. And then year two, you're in the starting lineup. So, um, yeah, I think that's the way I got to go. I, I really haven't heard any Pacer fan thinking differently, really. I, I can't see how you could make a case the other way. Uh, do you think Ben Shepard, Alex, is a candidate to kind of go down to the Mad Ants, uh, you know, toil away a little bit this season and then kind of come up for, I guess, spot minutes uh, with uh, with the, the Pacers along the course of this season? Maybe... Um, toward the end of the season, he plays a little bit more in those lineups where we've either secured ourselves a playoff spot or a play-in spot or, or we're out of the running altogether? Yeah, I guess we have to wait to see what they do in free agency because, you know, we might talk about a guy soon, but if we get another shooting yep. guard, like, well, then he's probably not going to play much at all, is he? But I said the same thing last year about Nemhard. I didn't think he was going to play. And he didn't really, like, the first few games of the season, he barely got on the court. And then Rick Carlisle figured out pretty quickly, hang on, this guy's actually really? one of our best defenders and he's good. Yeah. So it might be that situation for Shep. But, yeah, I do have to talk. I'm going to throw this to you guys because I feel like this is a good segue yeah. into the Mark Stein it's report that, that just came out yesterday. Max Struess, you guys are going to have to talk me off the ledge, boys. Three oh. years, 48 is the report. I feel like we're all probably in disagreement, but do you guys have any like? Re- I guess he's a good he's a good I, shooter, but he's six five. So I I wish I, I wish we disagreed more often, boys. <laughs> but I feel like all of us read that report and had a very similar reaction, and that reaction was, "What the hell are they thinking?" If that's true, like. You can't tell me that we need Max Struess in this rotation unless you are trading like half the guards on your roster and you want to play him as a six-man off the bench. And even then, like, why? Why? He's, you know, he's what, 20? How old is he? He's twenty-seven. Seven. So he's kind of, what, a couple of years away from the primary career, probably been in the league four years. Uh, he's good in Miami, are players good when they leave Miami mm, or are they exacerbated by, you know, Spolstra being a, you know, otherworldly coach that plays a deep bench? Like, Justin, I, I please feel free to disagree with Alex and I, but I, I just, <laughs> I feel like you're a rational human being as well. Yeah, it's funny. Every time I do this podcast, I think we talk every now and then and say, God, we need to disagree. We always agree <laughs> on everything. It must be. Yep. Boring for the listeners, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, I just feel like we've got that same Australian mind with, with the bases that we all agree on everything most of the time. And yeah, I don't know, Max Drew's screams to me is the classic Orlando Magic overpay signing. Yeah, um, I feel like he'll stay in Florida and Orlando will overpay. I, I can't see him going to the bases. I, 
it, it's funny, right? We and even I'm sure we'll touch on soon, Adam around Harrison Barnes and all that. You know, Ricky Rubio in the past where Alex and he jumped off a cliff, but very rarely the reporting is right with the paces. So I'm yeah. wondering if this Max Struess news has come out of nowhere. I'm even starting to wonder. Harrison Barnes basically got a Pacers jersey on right now from from what you read online. Is, is yeah. that true? Is, you know, I feel like Pacer fans have to know very rarely early reports actually work out. I 100% buy that this is happening. I, I, I totally buy that this is happening. I think Rick's had, you know, two seasons in this team. Um, you know, he's been – he hasn't had access to guys that he's coached before. Harrison Barnes is a clear – veteran presence you could sign to a probably a ballooned one or one plus one sort of deal um, and keep your options open for free agency next year for the guy that we talk about every single episode. So get your shot glasses ready. We're probably going to reference his name again. Um, But Harrison Barnes, uh, I think it's a done deal, Alex. I think he's happening. And I'm not sad about it. Like he, as long as this is the caveat and it was interesting in the story that came out during the week that um, Bob Volgaris, who worked for the Mavericks, actually traded or forced a trade with Harrison Barnes because Rick would not stop calling plays for Harrison Barnes. So, and because he wanted him to call more plays for Luca because Luca's Luca. So, as long as uh, Harrison Barnes doesn't come in and immediately just take all of Jarris Walker's minutes because he's a power forward, then that's okay. If it's a case of Jarris Walker plays, you know, 20 to 25 minutes a game, uh, Harrison Barnes plays the rest of the minutes and they kind of tandem the power forward and they're in a bit of a timeshare while Jarris Walker finds his feet and we figure out if he's, you know, long-term solution at that position. I'm totally okay with it. As long as it's not for more than a year, um, with a get-out clause next summer. Alex, I've uh, ranted, but that's my thought. <laughs> no, it's funny. I feel like I've accidentally talked this into like fruition for the Pacers yeah. because I've said multiple times on the podcast, I just want someone that can stop Harrison Barnes. <laughs> I don't even... I don't want like some Giannis stopper. I want yeah. a Harrison Barnes stopper, and we yep. end up with Harrison Barnes. So, yeah, look, I, I think I'm the mi- same mindset. Like, He's probably not my first option, but if you can get him on a, like you said, one year at most two, if you start getting into three year, four year territory, no, 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 that's no. when it's a no, because he'll be, because I think he's 31 now. So he would be yep. coming off when he's like 35. Unless you're paying so, him like $7 million a year, then <laughs> no, no. Right. Like if you probably, he's probably going to command, I think his last year was like 20, 20 plus. So, so yeah, just under that, just under if, that. Yeah. If you give him one year, $20 million plus team option for 22 or 24 or whatever, Cool. Okay, I'm okay with that, Justin. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, I don't know. I'm a bit like, yeah, I'm not as on Barnes as others are. Like, I feel like if the contract's right, like you guys said, if it's a one, two-year deal, then yes. If you go to three or four years, no. Um, Is he going to be, I mean, you can say this about anyone, but is he going to be in the next championship for the Pacers? Probably not. Um, but I do agree with what you said, Adam, in your tweet today. It's like you'd rather fill Harrison Barnes for one or two years than selling the farm for OG Onanobi this year when you can get him for free and free agency next year. Um, but do I want someone a bit bigger swing for the fences than Harrison Barnes? Yes. Does that make sense? 
It does. And we've got to talk about that poll that you put up because it's interesting. Because I think I think the context behind what it would take to get those players makes the conversation more interesting. So you put up a poll that said, would you prefer to have Harrison Barnes, OG Ananobi, or Kyle Kuzma on the paces? Now, that in itself, there is one clear player that we need more than the other two. And that's OG, of course. But behind door number one, you have Harrison Barnes at 20 to $25 million for one year, let's say. Behind door number two, you have to give up Nemhard. You have to give up probably future picks. You probably have to give up someone else in your rotation to be able to get OG Ananobi. So you're compromising your future to get him in a year before he hits free agency and could walk anyway. Um, and behind door, door number three, you're paying Kyle Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma $30 million a year for four years. <laughs> so on that basis, I can't see how you could choose OG or Kyle Kuzma unless you thought in the case of OG, we were going to contend over the next couple of years. And Kuzma, you're signing a guy for a long-term deal to a lot of money that plays the same position as the guy you just drafted eight. So for me, Alex, I can't justify uh, doing a long-term Kuzma deal or trading lots of assets for OG because Masai Ujiri thinks he's Danny Ainge now um, <laughs> and instead just just paying for a free agent. Well, this might be off topic, but did you guys see what Daryl Morey is asking for Tobias oh, Harris? <laughs> if you think the Raptors front office wow. there is bad, well... Um, what was it? I haven't seen it. It was Garland, Allen, and Picks, I think, yeah. for Tobias Harris, who's on an expiring deal. You can't <laughs> see how hard Justin is just laughing right now at um, this. But, yeah, that's, yeah, that's so much. But, but, Wasn't it either Garland or Evan Mobley in that deal that they wanted oh, um, for yeah. Harris? Which, look. It's bad. Either. Harris, Harris is, a is, is not great. <laughs> um, not great at all. He's fine, but he's not. He's not worth the money he's being paid, nor what it would take to trade for him. So, right, no. But going back to the wings, though, uh, to answer your original question, every long-term answer has to fit with Jarris Walker, in my yes. opinion. Like, can this guy play at the three with him, Mather, and probably Miles is a part of your long-term answer as well. And then... Yep. Tyrese. Uh, yeah, Tyrese, obviously, as well. So that that's a big part of it. And the other thing is, if you do sign someone to a one-year deal, you give yourself the flexibility of saying, hey, buddy comes off the books. This guy comes off the books. We have a max spot again next year when we're probably closer to competing for, I don't know, a conference final spot or a second round spot. And then you give and- OG $35 million a year for four years. Who cares at that point? You've done <laughs> Halliburton's extension, got Matherin's extension coming up. You're under, got Jarris Walker's extension in a couple of years. You can give Miles an extension, like pay out the nose for OG and free agency, no problem. But why now? Why? Why? The only thing that could justify it, I think, is if you get like, I don't know if this, can you even do this? Like talk about extensions with players as you're trading for them? Could that be a part of the conversation? Uh, Look, you you legally can't, um, but that doesn't (laughs) matter. NBA Um, NBA teams don't care about that though. No, NBA teams don't don't care at all. They just call up the agent and say, would he sign the extension? Yes. Okay, done. Um, but look, if if he was committing to signing like four years, a hundred million or something as an extension, and you could get him for less than what he's going to cost in free agency, which would be $30 million a year at least, particularly with the salary cap going up even more, um, then sure. Okay. 
Um, but uh, look, I think he's going to command a lot of money in free agency, OG Ananobi. Um, and the Raptors have no one to blame but themselves for that because they have asked for every possible asset that teams could trade for him, just like the Sixers are doing right now. Um, and OG Ananobi has heard nothing over the last two years but how much teams want him, want him to play for them. So, Justin, I feel like it's – unless he really wants to play in Indiana and he wants to sign an extension, he wants to, you know, build a, a team with Tyrese Halliburton, and even then, depends how much he wants. You don't want to pay this guy $40 million. Yeah, it's – I don't know if I'm a, just a one-eyed Pacers fan and – you know, this opinion is wrong, but I swear when a Pacer player wants out, like Paul George and Oladipo, oh, they've got no market value. We can get them for a yeah, pack yeah. of chips. Yeah. But with with other teams when, oh, you know, there might be a player that wants to come in Indiana, we're going we're gonna to trade the farmhouse for them. It, yeah. That doesn't work both ways. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, look, if if you're going to the letter of the law, then you should be able to trade, you know, um, uh, Nemhard and a couple of picks for OG if you mm. equate it to the Oladipo trade or the Paul George trade before that or, you know, get him for a second round pick if it's a Roy Hibbert trade. But, um, you know, I, you're right. We we tend to lose a lot of value in star players when they're heading to free agency. Why, so why doesn't Toronto also lose heaps of value? Doesn't make a lot of sense. Um Let's hit on the last couple of picks. We had two second rounders as well. We had um, Kiwi, Mojave King, Yibru, um, and we also had Isaiah Wong, uh, Alex. Uh, we Justin and I draft illiterate. Um, so any <laughs> any comments on either of those guys? I do know that Mojave played for a couple of NBL teams, and um, there was a lot of excitement around uh, local basketball when he was selected in the second round. Well, yeah, just on him, he is a uh, sign and stash from what is being yes. reported, which is good news for my boy, Kendall Brown. So, yeah, he I don't know if he'll come back to the NBL or play somewhere else, but King will not be on the paces. Uh, a little bit like a Luke Travis situation for those who are NBL fans. Um, and then with Isaiah Wong, 6'5", guard, he's kind of like what all our other players are in the sense that he's a combo guy. Uh, he, he's a scorer. He was actually pretty good uh, in the tournament this year as well. Miami went for a deep run, uh, scored a lot, can shoot it. Will probably be a good player on the Mad Ants this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, between he and Oscar Toshibwe, um, I mm-hmm. think the, the Mad Ants are looking pretty good. Our two-way contracts are looking good. Have you guys seen him rebound the ball, by the way? Because it is absurd to watch. A, a man possessed. I heard. I read him described as uh, whenever he tries to rebound the ball. So a man uh, after my own heart reminds me of the way that Alizé Johnson was described when uh, when the Pacers acquired him a few years ago. Justin, one of the one of the most ste- uh, you know driven rebounders we've had in recent times in Indiana. Yeah, for sure. I know Alex. That was one of your favorite players, like lesser players, Alizé, but. Um... Yeah, it'd be interesting. Like, we'll, we'll all be on that summer league hype. I know oh. Jared Walker will probably play well, plays in two or three days. So, how good's the roster looking, though? Sheesh. Sorry? How good does the roster look, Justin? For yeah, summer league? I, I, I think they'd be near favourites to win it all at this point. So, <laughs> we all 
drinking the Kool-Aid if Jarvis Walker gets 15 and 10 on his first game? <laughs> Absolutely we are, definitely. I, look, I, I want to talk about that briefly. I, I expect that Nimhard and Matherin will play one game. I think Isaiah Jackson will probably play a couple of games. They spoke about, or I read an article that spoke about the need to get him confidence, um, and that's part of the reason that he's playing. I completely agree with that, and I think he he needs to go into this season knowing that he is a rotational big man in the NBA, and part of that is him beasting in summer league and just putting up absurd numbers, which he is fully capable of doing. He'll be doing it against lesser competition and he'll have every chance, I think, to prove himself in summer league. Um, Conspicuous by his absence is Chris Duarte, who was in the same draft class as Isaiah Jackson. So Alex, we have to talk about that. I want to ask you a very, very simple question. In one week's time, is Chris Duarte on the Indiana Pacers? Uh, No. Justin? Yeah, I don't think it will be either. I think they'll uh, they'll swing him. I feel like we've got too many players right now. Uh, I think we only have one roster spot at the moment, and it feels like the team has more than enough cap to sign at least two guys. So if that ends up being trade Duarte and sign Barnes and Struess or something, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the move that the pace is made. I'd be a little bit disappointed if they signed Struess and that was their, you know, big signing. I'd prefer them to sign someone that's probably a little younger, maybe throw a restrictive free agent, a big offer like Cam Johnson. Like I, I want them to kind of get a little bit more aggressive heading into free agency, Alex, in a couple of days' time and kind of keep the other teams in the league honest. They did it last year with Aiton. And honestly, that worked out great because Aiton <laughs> – does, isn't playing right now. He's boxed Phoenix into salary cap hell with the new CBA. So, you know, I I want to see us playing hardball with some of this stuff and, and making it difficult for other teams to choose whether to keep good young players or not. I think the three of us might be trying out for the Suns in the next couple of weeks. We might get a roster spot, mate. Um, yeah, restricted free agency. There's a few guys. Rui from LA, if they don't want to pay him, Aaron Reeves. PJ Washington's an interesting one, although he plays the same position as Jarrett. So, yeah, there's a few guys out there. But I'll, I'll, this will be my last question for you guys. Is all right, final prediction, who's the first guy that the Pacers sign in free agency? I think they sign Harrison Barnes at like one minute past the hour. Like it's it's one, okay, of, okay. one of Woj's first tweets is like um, the extensions, because it's always the extensions first, like such and such is signed a max extension. Um, it'll be Harrison Barnes and very quickly after that, it'll be Tyrese Halliburton maximum five year rookie extension. Justin. Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm just going to go with a bit of flair. Let's, let's go all in guys. I'm, I'm going, uh, Jeremy Grant. Wow. Yeah. We're going to prime. We're going to go left field. No one's going to see it coming and everyone's going to say, Oh, Richard did it again. Can he play the three beside Jarris though? That's the question. Like, is is that if I I would not be I would not be sad about it. Let's be honest. There's a guy who's like could at his absolute peak could be like that Devin Harris one random All Star appearance type guy. But um, yeah, it could be. I mean, it's a Skip Bayless call by me, but I'll look <laughs> like genius if that happens. Last question from me, guys, as well. For yep. Both of you, what does Jarris Walker have to put up in his first game for both of you to purchase a jersey? 
Uh, I will never, (laughs) never purchase a Pacers rookie jersey ever again. I own two. One is Gogo Batatze. He is no longer on the team. One is Chris Duarte. By this time next week, he will no longer be on the team. I am cursed. There's there's always a point. There's always a point, Adam. If he's dropped 40, you'll be on the Pacers store. If he breaks Wilt's record, we're all buying jerseys. Yeah, yeah. that's... (laughs) That's the only way. That's the only way. Um, yeah, I I want Jarris Walker to succeed far too much to buy his jersey. That's that's how I feel. Um, now now that uh, obviously Matherin's in his second year, maybe 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 now he's a sophomore. It's uh, it's easy to buy his jersey, but um, yeah. Alex, we've had some shocking luck with jerseys. Oh, I was about to say, I felt physical. I felt uncomfortable buying Tyrese Halliburton's jersey. Yeah, that's I how much have a Halliburton jersey. Exactly, that's how unlucky. Yep. I think all three of us are cursed. Maybe it's an Australian thing. I don't know. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, hopefully, well, I, I just hope that um, with the World Cup coming up, I think the last thing I'll say is there is always a bump with guys that play in international tournaments in the summer because for two reasons: number one, they play against the best international competition that is far more physical a different style of play and they have to learn a different style of play and and learn how to play slightly differently, which not a lot of NBA players get. Um, And secondly, they're in practice every day against the best young talent in uh, that America has to offer. So I think I'm stoked that Tyrese Halliburton is playing in that world cup. I'm very excited for that. Chris Duarte is playing for the Dominican Republic. I've read uh, over the break as well. That's part of the reason he's not in summer league because he's playing FIBA um, but for Tyrese Halliburton, he was an all-star last season and this World Cup after um, practices and after going through the process, I fully expect him to be an all-NBA caliber player come season 23-24. Uh, Justin, am I crazy? No, nah, you're not crazy. I'm, I'm all aboard that train as well. Alex, final thought goes to you. Uh, Halliburton MVP next year, mate. There you go. Wow. Big one. <laughs> I like it. I'm a big fan. We've been the Paceroos. We will see you again next week. Enjoy free agency. Mm-hmm.